study that we began, if you are a visitor this morning, uh, we opened a new uh, session last uh, week to start a new series of Bible studies uh, based on Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. God is love, but he hates. So our uh, generation is uh, mistaken about many concepts of uh, the revelation of God. And this is an emotional and a sentimental uh, generation that has generally uh, created for themselves the concept of a feminine deity. And the buzzword of uh, the Christian profession, and, and our generation especially, is the word love. Uh, they do give no definition to that. They put no def defining lines to that. This is just the great emotional, uh, uh, sentimental uh, uh, approach to God. And uh, they shove aside large portions of divine revelation. And so in the book of Proverbs, chapter 6, 16 through 19, uh, we get an interesting insight as God uh, speaks. And I want you to just look there. Uh, because we're in the tent, we're going to have to uh, uh, kind of adjust our style of teaching. But if you'll look there, here's a picture of the God of love. First uh, John says, God is love. This is true. We have no argument with that, but this is not a sentimental, emotional, feminine, uh, limp-wristed uh, deity. This is a God of love, and the God of love is capable of hating. And so in Proverbs 6, 16 through 18, if you'll just follow with me there, says, These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him, a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among brethren. Now, we opened this last week, and how is the sound to you folks? Is this too loud or it's okay? Uh, and so we opened last week, and we uh, laid a little bit of uh, foundation. And so I wonder if anyone can remember what I taught last week. Where did uh, pride originate? test of teaching is by review and application. It means if your audience cannot remember what you taught, you're wasting your breath. That's one of the laws of teaching. And so Casey is going to tell us. See, pride started in ancient history before Adam and Eve uh, were ever in the Garden of Eden. And that history is found in two passages of the scripture. Can anyone remember the chapters that those might be in? Isaiah 14, very good, 14 to 16. Ezekiel 28, I believe it is. Yep, 12 through 17. Very good. Okay, so we uh, kind of launched off last week. We got a little bit of foundation laid there. This is where pride began. Pride did not begin yesterday with Bill Clinton. It began clear back in uh, eternity. We're not sure how long because the biblical form of revelation uh, doesn't always give us a clear picture. But this is where it began. Came into uh, the Garden of Eden and uh, with our first parents when he said to the woman, uh, uh, God doesn't mean what he says. And uh, this uh, fruit of this tree is very good to eat and it'll make you wise know, and as gods knowing good and evil. There's the essence of pride. 
as it's manifested that way. So what is pride? Somebody tell me what is pride. Okay, it's a, it, it's a inordinate self-esteem is a technical definition. But it's exalting yourself higher than you ought to be. And so that's a very good definition uh, that we'll elaborate a little bit on there. What's the classic New Testament parable that illustrates this pride and it has a religious tinge to it? Anybody remember? Uh, uh, Noel Tossing. Luke chapter 18, the Pharisee goes into the temple, a publican goes in with him, they're both praying, and the Pharisee says, uh, God, I'm thankful that I'm not like other people. That's the essence of pride right there. I'm thankful that I'm not like other people. I fast twice in the week, I give tithes of all I possess, and I'm really glad I'm not like this uh, publican over here. And Jesus said, uh, this man prayed uh, with himself because when that kind of prayer, that's all you're praying, you're praying with yourself. But the publican wouldn't so much as lift up his eyes to heaven, but said, smiting on his chest, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. His prayer was heard, and he went out righteous before God. Okay, so the question was asked uh, very perceptively last week, and it was asked, so is it wrong to want to uh, excel and get ahead. I believe it was Wayne Cook that asked that. And so uh, that was a very good question. I didn't want to get sidetracked on that. Let me read you a little quote that will help you as we move into uh, uh, an understanding of pride. It says, The essence of sin is selfishness, and pride is the inordinate assertion of self. It would annihilate others, and it disdains to be prescribed to even by God. The Latin name for pride, superbia, means aiming at what is above. And Chaucer says that the proud man is he who will always be swimming aloft. But the mere desire of what is above is not pride. Not to desire what is above us would not uh, be desire. Uh, uh, not to desire what is above us would be not to desire any kind of improvement. Those indeed who aim at excellence will always be exposed to the charge of pride, but the accusation may be groundless. A learned man cannot help being aware that he knows many things which an ignorant man does not. And by the latter it may be supposed that he must be proud on this account, but the increase of knowledge may, on the contrary, be making him every day more humble. If a promiscuous in a promiscuous company, if a woman refuses to join in an uncomely game, she'll be reproached as proud. But her maidenly modesty is really beautiful and virtuous. It is impossible to play, display any constancy or zeal in religion without being accused of pride. As if one considered himself better than one's neighbor, indeed, there are those who call everyone who will not join with them and write an excess of Pharisee and a hypocrite without more ado. But God himself has said, come out from among them, be ye separate. There is such a thing as proper pride. And when an accusation of pride is brought, the accuser requir requires to be judged as well as uh, the accused. So having uh, laid some kind of foundation uh, this morning, we want to move in and, uh, and discover how to recognize pride. Pride, uh, uh, very simply put, in essence, is self-love. This is what pride is. It's self-love. This self-love begins to move through us. We begin to think of ourselves uh, more than we ought to think. 
we begin to think uh, uh, disparagingly about our fellow man and look down upon them as the Pharisee did. And so uh, this is the essence of pride. Let me read you a couple of quotes that will help us to recognize this. One author says, Pride. Pride may be defined as inordinate and unreasonable self-esteem, attended with insolence and rude treatment of others. It is an attempt to appear in a superior light to what we are with anxiety to gain applause and distress and rage when slighted. Pride is the high opinion that a poor little contracted soul entertains of itself. That's an excellent, uh, uh, that's an excellent quote. So pride is universal. The Bible teaches that pride deceives the heart and so on and so forth. So pride is the parent of discontent, ingratitude, presumption, passion, extravagance, and bigotry. There's hardly an evil committed without pride being connected in some sense. Uh, and Augustine and Aquinas held that pride was the very essence of sin. And so as we move through these other uh, 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 six things besides pride that God hates, we're going to discover that pride is linked into them, and they may indeed be simply a spin-off and uh, and a uh, and a uh, uh, expression of pride. So uh, personalities then we call narcissistic. These are people who are always looking within themselves. They're, they're, all their attention is upon themselves. They're concerned about how they appear. They're concerned about how people perceive them. They're con uh, they have certain characteristics. One of these is they have outbursts of anger uh, at those who frustrate their plans. You can find a person who is prideful if when uh, their plans uh, are frustrated, uh, they become uh, very angry. Uh, they, they, have, uh, they have temper fits or given to temper fits. And another mark of this uh, uh, in the scripture is Jezebel and Ahab. Ahab uh, has, a, uh, has his ambition on uh, Naboth's vineyard. And here's Ahab. He's the king. He has gold. He, uh, he sets on an ivory throne in Samaria. Uh, he has a palace in Samaria that's world-renowned. Uh, he has riches. He has everything that a uh, heart could want. He has every food that uh, would be desirable. He has uh, people that go at his bid and call. Uh, he has riches. He has gold. He has everything. But he fastens his eyes upon this vineyard of Naboth. He begins to covet that, tries to buy it. Naboth won't sell it because he's an honorable man and he's obedient to his fathers. And Ahab uh, goes into a pouting fit. It's one of the class. Ezekiel 38. Uh, 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 is it, uh, Isaiah 38. Uh, is one of the classic examples uh, of human personality in nature. Uh, he goes into an absolute pout. Won't, he turns his face to the wall. Won't even, uh, he won't even eat. He refuses to eat. He's got to have... Now think of this, folks. This is a little vineyard. Uh, it was a very small uh, plot of ground, but this is the only thing that he can't have in life. He's got to have that. And so his self interest is frustrated and he goes into a pouting fit you know the story jezebel comes along she gets his ring and has naboth murdered and gives him the vineyard says settle down big boy there's ways to get anything you want so uh on it goes and uh and this is why uh dominant women uh who uh rule their husbands and get them in big trouble are called jezebel that's where that comes from okay so moving quickly forward Give you another little uh, insight, and we're going to open this in, uh, for discussion in a moment. Self-love is that master passion in every human heart. 
Let us give self-love the first place in the inventory and catalog of our passions because it is, has the largest place in all our hearts and lives. It is out of self-love that all other evil passions spring. The whole fall and ruin and misery of our present human nature lies in this, that in every human being self-love has taken, in addition to its own place, the place of the love of God and of the love of man also. We naturally now love nothing and no one but ourselves. And as long as self-love is in the ascendant in our hearts, all the passions that are awakened in us by our self-love will be selfish, with its selfishness in human, with its inhumanity, and ungodly with its ungodliness. And it is to kill and extirpate our so passionate self-love that is the end and aim of all God's dealings with us in this world. That's a classic statement by Alexander White, an ancient writer. And I want to tell you it's a classic that goes right to the heart of the manor. So let's examine a few characteristics here. And so uh, one of the characteristics is excessive scruples. Excessive scruples is only hidden pride. People who become overly concerned uh, about nothing. In other words, everything that, uh, that, uh, uh, that happens in life uh, becomes a big deal. Uh, they're, they're scrupulous about every circumstance of life. If you deal with them, you're in big trouble. You'll soon find out you're in conflict with them. If you speak to them, your conversation will soon be edited and fed back to you with what you actually said, but out of context and with, with an added meaning to it that you never meant at all. If you enter into a business deal with them, uh, you're going to uh, have a very bad uh, reputation with them because they're going to find something wrong that you did and you took advantage with them. If you are involved in a ministry with them, you'll soon find out that you're going to be in a conflict. If you uh, 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 make any kind of uh, uh, compliment about their work or about their person or about their property or about their job or about their family, if there's any criticism of any kind that does not lift up to the expectation they have, you soon are on their bad list and you're going to be in deep trouble and you will soon be into a conflict that will not be solved. There'll be no way you're going to be able to solve that. And so this is one of the characteristics. Uh, uh, and hidden scruples, uh, or excessive scruples rather, is only hidden pride. Now, pride doesn't always walk around, strut, and uh, go back and forth and say, I'm the greatest that there is. Quite often, pride will take the path of humility. People will be so proud that they're humble. Here's an interesting little quote by Thomas uh, Hood. It says, A pride there is of rank, a pride of birth, a pride of learning, and a pride of purse. A London pride, in short, be there on earth, a host of prides, uh, some better, some worse. But of all pride since Lucifer's a taint, the proudest swells uh, a self-elected saint. Pride is blind. And one uh, author says, uh, what eagles we are, still in matters that belong to other men, but what beetles in our own view. So these things are all true, and these are some of the characteristics that we find. Other sins find their vent in accomplishment of evil deeds, whereas pride lies in... Uh, 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 
in wait for good deeds to destroy them. That's a classic quote by Augustine. Now let me read another one here. I have one more I want to share with you. I have two more I want to share with you before we begin to lock in and ask questions. Uh, one commentator says, Haughtiness, conceitedness of ourselves, and contempt of others, a proud look. There are seven things that God hates, and pride is the first because it is the bottom of much sin and gives rise to it. God sees the pride in the heart and hates it there, but when it prevails to that degree that the show of men's countenance witnesses against them, that they overvalue themselves and undervalue all about them, this is in a special manner hateful to him, for then pride is proud of itself and sets set shame at uh, defiance. A proud look, you can define that as exalted eyes, those who will not condescend to look on the rest of mankind, inordinate self-esteem, conceit and pride. Then I have one more uh, before we open for discussion and begin to lock in on some scripture. It says he saw a cottage with a double coach house, a cottage of gentility. And the devil did grin for his darling sin is pride that apes humility. My first real exposure to this, to see it, and, and I'm sure we have it uh, everywhere, but was when I went to Australia and I could not figure out the personality of these people. We have some dear Australians here. Uh, uh, they're sitting here this morning, and so they'll bear with me because they've been cured by this, okay? But I could not figure out the strange personality of many of these people uh, as I was trying to get a handle on why did they do what they did. If you judge a whoremonger, they flock to them. They're wonderful people. They're, 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 they're the victim that has been victimized. And you're the mean, dirty booger that's caused all kinds of things to happen to this poor personality that's been victimized by their genes and just did what's common to personality. If you threw out a faggot, why, uh, uh, poor soul, uh, it, uh, uh, never mind their faggotry. Uh, these, these poor people are to be pitied and nourished and, and uh, exalted. And, and I could not figure out... Uh, uh, ministering the first few times I went in before we immigrated there. Uh, I, I had people on every altar call I ever gave, and I preached generally in conferences and revivals before I went there, and these people would come invariably after an altar call and uh, say, oh, pastor, you know, I... Uh you know, God was just dealing with me to come down and pray with these people, but I just, you know, I just, I didn't, I just couldn't, uh, I didn't want to exalt myself. And I, I'm trying to figure out, what is that? Well, what that is, is Leviathan. It's the ruling demon of Australia. A false humility. It took me several years before I finally tipped to that, but that's false humility. You get up to sing, and when you get up to sing, say, oh, <laughs> uh, I, uh, I know that I can't sing like other people will, but uh, thank God he's given me this opportunity. And I just want to do the best I can. Inside you're saying, I'm the greatest singer that ever was on this platform. You're asked to speak, and you say, oh, uh, folks, I just, uh, you know, I just, uh, I can't, uh, you know, I can't, I can't. But I'm, I'm going to do the best I can. And inside you're saying, I'm going to knock them dead today. That's false humility. Pride that apes Humility. Now, I should ought to have you stirred up by now. And before we go to Leviathan, uh, as the quote says, there is who despises pride with a greater pride. So let's open for discussion just for a moment. We're going to lock into some scripture in a moment. You'll have to speak in a very loud voice because we have uh, fans blowing everywhere. We've got a tent that 
uh, has bad acoustics. And so if you'll help us question or comment, you'd like to help us this morning. Anybody have a question or comment? Yes, Dave Burke. That is the most perverse thing that has ever uh, been uh, uh, fomented upon society is the false doctrine of self-esteem. Did you folks hear that? Okay. Uh, and uh, if, you will, if you will teach your children to read and write, teach them to behave where they get awards, give them uh, uh, incentive, and, uh, and let them uh, have some kind of achievement and accomplishment, they will naturally have pride. If they do not achieve uh, anything that you do to try to get them, you're destroying their life forever because they'll never make it in society because society demands performance, period. So that's the worst. Uh, and, and incidentally, that was imported from Australia. That came from Australia. That's where it was written. Uh, the programs that are ruining America already run through Australia 15 years ago. That's where, that's where the material's coming from. That's a false doctrine. It's as phony as a $3 bill. It's ruined our society. Self-esteem doesn't come because I'm saying, you know what, you're a great guy. You're, I know that you can't read, but bless God, you're, well, it's going to be wonderful. And we love you. And, we're, and uh, we know that you, uh, uh, that you uh, robbed Circle Cage, but you're a victim of society. Your mom and dad, you know, they didn't treat you right. And, uh, and uh, that's garbage. That's ruining our society today. That's what you're talking about. And that's, uh, that, 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 is, uh, uh, that is taking the place of what ought to be a natural achieving, a natural pride, which Wayne Cook asked about, which is a pride in excelling, which is a God-given motivation to excel and achieve. In every human personality, there has to be an achievement. We have to be able to look and see that we've achieved something. Out of that achievement, we get recognition at one point or another and all of these things have to do with the building of a healthy personality without that you've got the the horrible carnage that we're having to deal with today of twisted minds and misunderstandings of, of human personality good question dave well that's a result of that because they cannot stand any kind of criticism they cannot stand to uh, to uh, to be viewed as they really are Take, take it, take the, the licks as they are and do what has to be done so that you will be accepted, you will achieve, get pay raises, and you keep a steady job. really helps you're going to get married if you've got a steady job. Anybody else? Question about pride so far? Uh, Sharon Walters. She went to a restaurant about a year ago in Prescott Valley. When you go in, they, are, they value you, they take care of you, they know that you've got money in your pocket and they're trying to get you to come back, okay? Everything was going all right, but they sense that there's something funky going on here. This is not normal, okay? Religious pride. He was a Tamil. Yep, false sense of humility. They all have it. Okay, and so uh, she touched on his guru. They started witnessing. Uh, in uh, Malaysia, uh, uh, the Chinese have a saying. In Malaysia, there's three kinds of people. There are Malaysians, there are Hindu, Tamils, and they're Chinese. And the Chinese have a saying about these people and say, if you're in a jungle, you meet a Tamil and a cobra face-to-face, -face, you only got one bullet, uh, kill the Tamil, you may get out alive. <laughs> and that's not true. Uh, in some, but it's so, so true, dear. That's exactly religious pride. But uh, I've met a few uh, charismatics that way, too. Yeah. <laughs> okay, anybody else? You're doing good. Uh, Denny? 
You'll have to talk real loud. Yeah, he wants to know that in praying for the sick, have I noticed a link between bitterness and hatred and pride? Well, uh, uh, yes, because sometimes you'll, you'll ask people uh, about it. Uh, I've occasionally, by word of knowledge, I know exactly what the problem is, and they will deny it. And so, yes, there is uh, from time to time. Incidentally, uh, it would have been wonderful to have all you folks out on Friday and, uh, and Saturday night uh, and Thursday night while you were out the fireworks. We were in here holding the kingdom together by adhesive tape trying to function, and you folk were off uh, horsing around somewhere. Amen. Good to have you this morning. Thank God you're here. I probably won't say another thing about that. Thursday night, we had a tremendous crusade. Folks saved glorious miracles. Friday night was another case. When we finished the service, I felt like uh, getting my flannel graphs out and going back into child evangelism. <laughs> it was bad news for miracles. But uh, I've been in it long enough to know that uh, one service doesn't make the kingdom. And so, just keep plugging. And last night, if you were here, it was a glorious, glorious and wonderful night for Jesus. And he vindicated uh, himself. And so, if you're not going to be able to lay your ego on the line and have that ego uh, be a total zilch, don't start praying for the sick. Because there are nights like that. Sometimes there are two or three in a row like that. But that doesn't change God or what God says. So you do sometimes, Denny, is you run into people, and, uh, and we had one, uh, uh, we had one uh, Friday night, uh, Thursday night, uh, had arthritis. Uh, they'd already interviewed her, said she had, uh, uh, she had uh, arthritis and pain in her body. Uh, she's the mother of somebody here this morning, and uh, I tried to get her on the platform. No, can't get on the platform, and uh, prayed for her. She got healed because she cast out hate. And it left, but uh, when I said, okay, is the pain, you got any pain? Uh, well, no. Uh, did you have that when you came? Well, I don't know. I'm not sure. Well, I knew she did because she just told the workers she did. And so uh, she's too proud to give God the glory and give God the praise. And so uh, I don't say that God will kill her as she walks out, but it may come back. Who knows? And so uh, that's what life's all about. You just keep plugging on through and uh, know that God is God. And he wants to help us. This business of pride is very subtle. Very, very subtle. And it's very deadly. So turn to the book of Job with me. I want all of you to take a look at that. Job 41. This is where some years ago I first uh, began to tip to Leviathan. In dealing with a, a serious case of, uh, of uh, mental uh, derangement and demonic oppression and this chapter gives us a picture as do many scriptures in the Bible of a creature uh, as I said before the Bible doesn't always come out spell out like a blueprint one two three four five this is it this is what it's talking about it is for the searcher and for those who are open to revelation and this is a very mysterious passage of scripture and uh, as it moves through, Job 41.1, Can you draw out Leviathan with a hook or snare his tongue with a line which uh, you lower? Can you put a reed through his nose? And it goes on and begins to describe some characteristics of a creature, which I'm not going to take the time 
to move on through. It has some very descriptive language there. It winds up with this, verse 34. It says, He beholds every high thing. He is king over all the children of pride. Now that gives us a key right there because that's the sin of Lucifer. As you move back through that, there are a number of things that are there. You can work this out for, your, for yourself. You'll find the marks of rebellion. You'll find the remarks of being uncontrollable, doesn't need anybody, is untamable, is dangerous, is thick-headed. If you ever stir him up, you'll be sorry. Is fierce, receives no direction, covers up, he can't penetrate, is hard-hearted, is strong-willed, is not afraid of anything, stirs up a whole area where, uh, uh, where he is, leaves a trail wherever he goes, and is a spirit king over all the children of pride. Now that's a picture of pride in essence, and that's a picture of Satan. This is Lucifer. And those who ally themselves with him or are influenced by him, these characteristics that I've just named that you will find in graphic language there as it describes a creature will begin to manifest. And if you are not experienced, especially if you begin to have to deal with people in an intense and in an in a intimate relationship that has to do with uh, spiritual affairs and kingdom business, you, you can't realize fully until you do that what you're dealing with. You may run into one as an individual believer from time to time and uh, you uh, wonder, you know, what was that? What's wrong with them? Anybody ever deal with anybody and you say, what, what on earth uh, struck them? And this is what you're dealing with. And here are the characteristics that are there. And this is the king of the children of pride. I want several scriptures right in this section right here. Deuteronomy 32, 15. Somebody get that for me. No tossing. I want Proverbs 8, 13. Uh, Pete Baker. I want Proverbs 13, 10. Samantha Baker. I want Proverbs 16, 18. Uh, Twister. I want Proverbs. Wasn't it great to see Twister come running in instead of riding in yesterday in the drama in the plaza? <laughs> Twister. Proverbs 29, 23. All right. Let's go through a few of these. There's a powerful scriptural base that we have here. And uh, Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 15. Here's God who brings an indictment on his people. He's redeemed them. He's brought them into a wonderful uh, inheritance. He's blessed them. He's fed them. He's protected them. And here's what's happened to them. Deuteronomy 32, verse 15. This is God. He's speaking to his people, calling them by a nickname, and says, uh, here they are. I've blessed them. I've moved upon them. I've helped them. They grew fat. They kicked. They became rebellious. Uh, and finally, they forsook the God of their salvation. This is what pride will always do. In the end result, it will forsake God for self-love. May still be couched in religious terms. Generally, we'll say, as someone uh, uh, that you will always find in these crusades come through, what church do you go to? Uh, I don't go to church. Are you born again? Oh, yes, I'm born again. But I just, uh, I don't go to any church. My church is at home. That's gesture. That's a picture. That's what will happen to everyone who lets pride have its way. And uh, if, uh, if, they can't, uh, if they can't dominate and make the church they're going to after their own uh, formula, they'll start their own church in their house and be filled with uh, kinky doctrines and so on and so forth. Proverbs 8.13. Very loud for me in all these scriptures. 
be good for you folks to follow these scriptures in your own Bible. Proverbs 8.13. Okay, God hates, he said. He says it again. Proverbs 13, verse 10. By pride comes only contention. By pride comes contention. But with the well-advised is wisdom. Okay, well-advised, they are going to find the right pathway. Proverbs 16, verse 18. Let's read that again. Who has that? Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. You can uh, guarantee that pride will be dealt with by God. And uh, in the point of arrogancy and uh, excessive self-exaltation uh, 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 and uh, flaunting generally just proceeds when God pulls the rug and uh, down they go. Proverbs 29, 23. Who did I give that to? Did I give that to anybody? I think I gave it to Twister. Yeah, okay. A man's pride will bring him low, but the humble in spirit will uh, be honored. All right, I want uh, some more before we open for a uh, 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 question. I want Mark 7.22. Somebody over here, Casey, want 1 Timothy 3.6. Quickly, help me. 1 Timothy 3.6, Peter Mitchell, 1 John 2.16, uh, Bill uh, Kimball, and Romans 1.30. Uh, Dennis, uh, if you'll get that for us, the New Testament underlines this and uh, warns us about these affairs. Mark 7.22. Right, Jesus is speaking of the things that comes out of the heart of man, evil eye, blasphemy, and so on. Puts pride right in the middle of that. Says this is what dwells within the human heart. And unless the Spirit of God keeps this in submission, overrules this, and causes the expression of the fruit of the Spirit, these things will dominate and rule man's heart. First Timothy 3.6. I couldn't hear a word you said, but I'm sure that that was the right scripture. Okay. First John 2.16. The pride of life is one of the three cardinal sins that are named in First John 2.16. Uh, that uh, will cause man's destruction. Romans 1.30 Backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil, things disobedient to parents. Romans puts this right in the passage, the faggot passage, Romans 1. And as a matter of fact, uh, it, uh, if you ever uh, have been around a faggot, they're filled with it. one of the most arrogant pride-filled people I've ever met are those who are in homosexuality because they've disconnected themselves, have a reprobate mind. Okay, so we have King Uzziah, one of the classic examples of the Old Testament. King Uzziah uh, was a king that served for 52 years. This man served in equity and honor. He served with the prophet Isaiah. He served with the prophet Zechariah. A lifetime of, of service uh, was rendered to God but after 52 years, the Bible says, uh, what about him? Anybody remember what it says about his heart? What does it say? Loud. His heart was lifted up. That's what pride is. His heart lifted up. And after 52 years, he said, I, uh, I, I think that uh, being a king is boring. Uh, I'm going to be a priest. He took... Uh, uh, 
against the will of God, stepped across the line, which was his to bear, and uh, 70 priests uh, pleaded with him, tried to stop him, said, do not do this, but Uzziah ignored them and went into the uh, temple in a place that was not uh, prescribed for him, and God instantly smote him for, with leprosy, and the Bible says he was a leper until the day that he died. He ruined that lifetime of equity and honor before God. So let's get a few outworkings of this, if we get in this section right here, uh, because they're more likely to hear you. Proverbs 13.10. Somebody like to get that for me. Quickly, help me. Proverbs 13.10, Twister. Psalm 73, verse 6. Uh, Pete Baker, Valerie, Proverbs 28, 25. I need Proverbs 16, verse 5. Uh, Sean, I need James 4, 6. Anybody? Uh, Samantha Baker is going to get that. So here are some of the outworkings of pride. Proverbs 13, 10. Read in a loud, clear voice. By pride comes nothing but strife, but with by pride comes nothing but strife. King James probably will say contention. And so uh, uh, the people who are filled with pride are people who are contentious. And you can hardly avoid a fight with them. The only way you can avoid a fight with them is never think, say, or associate with them. And never respond back to any agenda or purpose or proclamation uh, that they have. That's the only way you stay out of the fight with them. Because their spirit is a contentious spirit. They will bring contention. Uh, Psalm 30, 73, verse 6. Pride compasses about like a chain. It will bring bondage to your soul. Proverbs 28, 25. Okay, it stirs up strife. We have it again. Proverbs 16, 5. It is an abomination to God. This is not just a light thing. Say, well, I'm not in the bars. Well, I'm not, uh, I didn't kill anybody. Well, I didn't rob any banks. But you see, this is put in a, in a context uh, that's an abomination in the sight of God. God said, I won't tolerate it. As a matter of fact, James 4, 6 tells that God has a, a, an agenda. Who has James 4, 6? God resists the proud. He assembles all the resources in the armies of heaven to fight those who are proud. All right, let's talk about a couple of remedies. We've got a couple of three minutes. I want numbers 12-3. Somebody uh, right here. Help me quickly. Uh, Casey, I want uh, 1 Samuel 15-23, Don Galati. So anything that makes us uh, think more of God, our neighbor, is a remedy. Because the essence of pride is selfishness, self-centeredness. And there sometimes it comes a false humility. I'm so proud that I'm humble. Anything that thinks about God, turns us to God, and our fellow man with a care and concern uh, is a remedy because the essence of pride is selfishness. Numbers 12.3 tells us about this man, Moses. This is why God could use Moses. The man, Moses, was very humble, more than all men that were on the face of the earth. Let's think for a moment about King Saul in conclusion. Here is uh, King Saul. When Samuel came to anoint him king at the direction of God... He uh, uh, knew who he was. He came looking for him where he lived. Saul was such a, a humble person that he hid himself among the baggage. He, they had to hunt him to find him because he did not want to uh, flaunt himself or to appear to be anything. He hid himself because he did not want to take that position. Samuel anointed uh, him the king, uh, king. And the next thing we find him, uh, there's, a, there's a transformation has happened to him. His heart has been changed. The Spirit of God comes upon him. 
he begins to prophesy and uh, it is written as Saul also among the prophets uh, but the next time we find him uh, he's leading the armies of God out against their enemies uh, Samuel has gone off says I'm going to return in seven days uh, Samuel is late uh, and uh, he forces himself uh, steps into a dimension that is not his uh, and as he steps into that dimension uh, uh, he, he offers a sacrifice which is not his to offer he's, he won't wait on God he can't wait on God's man he offers this uh, and uh, he's judged by God and this is where comes the first Samuel 15 23 Don Galati rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry because you have rejected the word of the Lord he also has rejected you from being king pride will lead you to rebellion God speaks this passage, which is a classic 1 Samuel 15, 23. Pride, uh, or rebellion rather, is as the sin of witchcraft uh, and stubbornness as iniquity and idolatry. What that literally says is that uh, uh, rebellion uh, is never alone. Pride is never alone. It'll begin to turn other people into its agenda. And the second thing that gives us some insight says stubbornness is his iniquity and idolatry. Uh, this uh, stubbornness is self-love. That's what it is. And it's, and, and it's putting God in the place of, 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 or putting self rather, in the place of God and says it is as iniquity and idolatry. In other words, when you do that, you're worshiping yourself. John Knox, they say the first time he was called to preach, hid himself. This is the man that shook Scotland and uh, was a powerful man of revival but the first time they said John we want you to preach he hid he would not he could not and yet uh, God began to help him and he came out of that because of the humility of his heart he came out of that uh, began to obey God and he shook all of Scotland uh, by the power of God let me read you a, a couple of more uh, shots if I can it says in these days when athletes are much, so much in vogue it is perhaps rash to say that the temptation to pride in the body is stronger in the one sex than the other. For I fancy there must be an enormous development of vanity in connection with ex exhibitions of strength and muscle and fleetness of foot before the crowds that gather to witness athletic contests and with reporting of these in the newspaper. That's what's reproduced the Mike Tysons today. The media catered to this pride. This is what uh, has produced the, the Dennis Rodsman. God deliver us, deliver us, deliver us. Who's the little faggot that used to be on some kind of talk show late night? Arsenio Hall? No. Get paid massive salary to flaunt your arrogance and pride before all of humanity. God is love, yes. That's what First John says. But the Bible says he hates, and one of the things he hates is pride. God bless you. We're going to have our morning service right now. Thank you for this time.